You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. It is episode eight of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, and my name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. And if Derek Diamond sounds like he's in a tin can, it's because his computer is acting up with Skype tonight, so he's calling from his phone. What's funny is I actually had to do this with the fantasy football podcast I did with Robbie this past week because I was on my laptop, and my laptop decided to do like its big update of the year. So I had to call Robbie. He had to record it. And it was still updating when we finished the podcast, like 45 minutes later. Wow. <laughs> so computers technology. have not been my friend this week. <laughs> so well, I do apologize if my voice is a little different, but, you know, we have to fight through technology sometimes. Yeah, well, we're recording this on a different night also. So, you know, everything's a little bit out of whack. But it's all good. We're still going to have a fantastic episode. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. So let's go ahead and move into news. Zelda is celebrating its 30th anniversary. It's 30 years old, dude. Does that make you feel old? It does. I I love this because Zelda is my all-time favorite gaming franchise, And Nintendo, actually today, we're recording this uh, Thursday, September 1st. So today, Nintendo did one of their direct videos, and they actually announced several ways that they're celebrating Zelda's 30-year anniversary. And for those of you who are Amiibo fans like I am, they're releasing four new Amiibos to add to the Zelda line. Uh, One is Link from Ocarina of Time a two amiibo set with link and zelda from the wind waker and my personal favorite the 8-bit link from the original legend of zelda and i cannot wait to get these they come out december 2nd that is and i will awesome. be getting all of these i thought nintendo was stopping making the amiibos or am i thinking of disney you're thinking of disney infinity yeah that's right okay i got confused there for a second i was like why are they still making amiibos but i guess they're making a lot of money on that stuff they're really cool collectibles in my mind. I mean, they, they're they supposed to have extra features with games. Like you can put it on the Wii U gamepad and it unlocks some exclusive things. I don't really use them for that. I just think they're really cool collectibles. I have like six or seven of them set up, you know, all around my living room. In my little, uh, <laughs> to use a pun, my nerd cave. <laughs> It says here also that Dark Horse Comics is releasing three new Zelda art books for the anniversary. The first will be Art and Artifacts, a Legend of Zelda art book featuring over 2,000 illustrations. And you can pre-order it on Amazon right now. Definitely going to get that. The, The art from Zelda has been nothing short of incredible. And it's cool to really see the evolution from the original game because I still remember reading the little manual that came with the games and it had, you know, Link um, helping Impa who had been injured uh, either by a Moblin or something and showing Link going through the dungeons. And it's kind of like reading a comic book in a way. 
and seeing the progression of that to what it is now is really cool. I got the Hyrule Historia book when it came out, I think two years ago, or it might've been more recent than that. I can't remember exactly when it came out, but any Zelda fan needs to get that book because it goes through the history of the whole franchise and also introduces the quote unquote official Zelda timeline, meaning it shows where games take place, you know, in order of when they were supposed to happen story-wise, which was a big thing for a long time. You know, I think MMOs are kind of a thing of the past at this point. I mean, Warcraft is really the only one that's kind of clinging to to life. Um, But don't you think that maybe Zelda is ripe for that kind of gameplay, like an and just an MMO basically in the world of Hyrule. Well, that's something that they're, I think they're going to delve into with the new Zelda that's coming out in March called breath of the wild. It has a Zelda meets Skyrim type of feel to it. And Zelda is the perfect game to do that. And I'm just so happy that they're finally doing it. I don't know if it's too late because Nintendo is really struggling right now mm-hmm. because they really need the NX to be successful. And, you know, kind of delving into some current game news, that it's rumored that they're going to have Zelda, Mario, and I think a new Pokemon game all within the first six months of the NX's launch. Wow. Which is huge. If they do an open world Pokemon game, I guarantee you that console will sell big. Well, I think Nintendo pretty much knows at this point that they need to come out swinging on the launch of this next console. They can't have, you know, a console that they don't market very well, that doesn't really have any strong um, launch titles. They really need to come out swinging with this one. So it sounds like they finally maybe have their heads screwed on tight for this one. I I hope so. I really hope so. And kind of moving back to the Zelda news from the direct, uh, for fans of Skyward Sword, it is now available on the Wii U Virtual Console. It was released today. And it's a game that I do want to go back and play at some point. I think it's a little underrated. My only issue with that game is that it's very short. Is that the one that was on the the Wii? The Wii. Um, I'm, what was the one that came out on um, the GameCube? Was that that was Wind Waker? I'm thinking of Wind Waker. Yeah, the cartoon. My Zelda's mixed up now. I really liked Wind Waker. That was one of the games that I had for the game. I remember. When Nintendo announced the GameCube back at E3 in 2000, and they showed this realistic-looking Zelda-type game of Link fighting Ganondorf, and everybody was going nuts over it. And then a year or two later, they come out with a new Zelda that looks like a cartoon series, Yeah, and people lost their mind. They were (laughs) livid about Wind Waker, but it ended up being one of the better games of the whole franchise. I mean, the gameplay is great. The story was a little risky, but I thought the story was great. Yeah. And the graphics and the look to it really hold up. Well, that was why I, you, it was good that you brought that up is because I think the re 
the reason people didn't give that game much of a chance is because they were angry that it wasn't what they were expecting. And I think that really overshadowed how good that game actually was. Oh, definitely. And they did an HD remake um, on the Wii U, and I went back and played it again. And with HD graphics, it just makes the colors and everything pop even more in that cartoon environment. It's I would probably put it probably third, third or fourth on my top five Zelda game list. Like it's it's that good. Yeah. Actually, I saw. Um, do you ever watch? Do you ever do you subscribe to the Cinemasker channel on YouTube? I do not. Uh, you should. They uh, James and Mike Monday this week. They did uh, the Game Boy game. Uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening. That game still holds up. Even the the graphics are. Even though it was on the original Game Boy, it looks great. Oh yeah, and it's one of those games that it took Link out of Hyrule and into a new environment. So you already have a fresh dynamic mm -hmm. and just having Zelda on a portable system to me, that was like the biggest deal ever, you know, growing up a huge Zelda fan and being able to take a Zelda game on the go and play it, you know, during long car rides or you know, really just whenever was really cool. And Link's Awakening is one of my favorites too. Yeah, I th if I'm not mistaken, I think I might have actually had that on Game Boy. That might have been the 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 Game Boy packaging that I bought. Cuz I remember Yeah, it, it's uh what do you mean by packaging? Uh it came with the uh the Game Boy. They had oh, okay. an actual Zelda Game Boy. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to think back cuz I I really don't have many memories of the Game Boy because I got it and it really never captured my imagination. So mm -hmm. it just kind of became one of those things that I just kind of threw into the closet and never touched because I was really into regular Nintendo and Super Nintendo at the time that it was just kind of like, eh, I don't want to play this. Yeah, I mean, that that's totally understandable. And with, you know, my childhood, I traveled quite a bit to and from like Tallahassee and places that were, you know, an hour or two away yeah. from where we lived. So I had the chance to really put a lot of mileage on the Game Boy. Then, of course, you know, the Game Boy Color came out and all was right with the world then because <laughs> you finally had color on a, a portable screen. Hell yeah. I would like yeah, going back it, and buying an old Game Boy at this point. I would love to just have one. Yeah, same here. Um, the only, the handheld system, the only one I have right now is the 3DS, which I think is really, really good. But going back and playing like an old Game Boy would be awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a part of history, you know, it's a part of our childhood. And even though I wasn't that into it, I would still love to go back and experience it like new, you know? Uh, one day we'll have the the biggest retro gaming collections <laughs> in history that would be awesome well actually talking about history let's move into this month in video game history in 1988 uh september 1st nintendo revamps doki doki panic and releases it as the as super mario brothers 2 for the nintendo entertainment system in america this game would be released in japan as super mario usa in 1992 
That game is underrated to me. It gets more hate than it should. I don't understand why that game is great. It's so different than Mario Brothers 1. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, it's a repackaged game, but it gets it, you introduce so many like iconic things like Birdo, who is to me relevant in Mario culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to play as the princess, you get to play as Toad, and they're all like they have their different little quirks. Yeah, I would always play as the princess just because she could float in the air. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like Toad was the fastest, Luigi mm-hmm. had the best jump. It was such a good game. Yeah, it, and I, I just I don't think that it deserves the hate that it gets from Mario fans. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. It, I love that game. Um, I want to do a review of it one week. I don't know when exactly I'm going to do that, but that's definitely an underrated game that people need to give another chance to. I'd love to go play the original, like the game that was converted to Mario Brothers Two. I actually saw. I think it was on Cinemassacre again. I'm giving them a lot of plugs tonight. Uh, yeah, it was. It was on James and Mike Mondays. They played Doki Doki Panic. And it's exactly like Super Mario Brothers 2, just with different characters. That's cool. No, I, I even though it's the same game, I'd still love to play it just for historical purposes. Yeah. I'd love to get a Famicom if I could find one somewhere. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be so awesome. So what else do we have in gaming uh, history? We have September 1st, 1994, Illusion of Gaia is released for the SNES. And on September 1st, 1995, Rayman is released for PlayStation. I have no recollection of ever playing Rayman. I did a little bit. I never actually owned it. I remember a friend of mine uh, having a PlayStation and having Rayman, Crash Bandicoot, and all of those games. And I played Rayman a little bit. I never really got into it, but I know of a couple of people who grew up on Rayman. And you know, I know they did a Rayman Legends game, I think, for the Wii U. And it might have came out for the other consoles, too. But I know a lot of people were excited when they brought Rayman back. Yeah. But it was just a game that I never really got into. I know they merged it with like Raving Rabbids, didn't they? I think so. I didn't really get that game either. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's Rayman has its fans. I'll give them that. But uh, to continue our talk from last week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Ninja Turtles. And tonight I'm going to be talking about. Uh, this is actually kind of low. I can't get the, the volume up on it, but you can hear that. That is the theme song to The Turtles 2, the arcade game for the Nintendo Entertainment System, released by Konami as a coin-operated video game in 1989. It is based on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series, which began airing in the winter of 1987. It is a, uh, it's, the two-player version uh, is for the home console on the NES, uh, and it says that allowed either player to choose their character in a deluxe four-player version with each player controlling a different character. I don't ever remember there being a four-player version uh, for the home consoles. I don't either. 
but you can choose from one of the four Ninja Turtles, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael, after Shredder kidnaps the turtle's friend, April O'Neil, and their mentor, Splinter. This game is one of my favorite Nintendo games, but like we said last week, it does tend to get just a little bit repetitive uh, as well, it goes on. It's definitely a two-player kind of thing. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It's a game that you have to have another person with you to really get the full experience. Kind of like I said last week with Turtles in Time. It gets repetitive, but if you have a group or you have another person that you're playing the game with, it just makes it so much better. Yeah, I actually played through it last week. Uh, I got to the last level, but I ran out of continues, and I didn't think to look up if there were any cheats online to give me any extra continues or anything. Uh, this game did actually have some extra levels that weren't in the in the, the arcade version. Uh, this version included two new levels, the first part three, part of scene three, and all of scene six, which feature new enemy characters, including two new bosses, Tora, a dog-like blizzard beast, which I don't remember until I played it the game last week, and I was like, I don't remember this part at all, and Shogun, a robotic samurai, both characters created for the game, because I remember playing this, and I was like, I don't remember these characters at all. Especially yeah, just you mentioning them, they don't sound familiar. Yeah, it, there's like a snow level. I think it's level three. The, yeah, it was level three. Um, you're it's the snow level, and then you fight like this um, wolf, uh, blizzard beast, and he throws like he catches these gigantic boulders and throws them at you. And I'm like, I don't remember this guy at all. But you do um, get to fight Bebop and Rocksteady, which is awesome. You get to uh, fight the uh, Baxter Stockman as the fly. Um, yes. And Shredder, obviously. Uh, th this game, it's got one of those just pulse-pounding soundtracks to it. And each level, I, like I said, it's all kind of... You know, each level you basically fight kind of the same enemies over and over again, even though you're in kind of slightly different environments. It is a beautiful game. I mean, it is some of the best uh, graphics you're going to get on the the Nintendo Entertainment System. I mean, there's so many things going on on the screen at once. And the whole first uh, board, the first level, is like you're in a building that's on fire. So in the foreground, you've got the fire, and then you've got your, you know, your fighting area, and then you've got the background, and you've got, like, uh, these giant balls coming through these staircases that are trying to run you over, and you're fighting enemies, and it's just, it is so fun. Um, not too much to um, choose from as far as attacks. I mean, each turtle... I mean, there's not really much difference between the turtles uh, as far as their their power, I guess. Um, not like there was in the very first game where, you know, Donatello was the slowest one, but he had, like, the farthest reach. And, you know, Raphael is for uh, close combat fighting. All the turtles are kind of equal in this game as far as, as I can tell. I mean... I played as Donatello and Leonardo. I uh, played a little bit as Michelangelo. I didn't play as Raphael at all. 
Um, but it seemed to me like there really was no difference between the turtles. So it, you just kind of pick whoever your favorite one is. Yeah, my first experience with this game, I, I think I might have briefly mentioned it last week, but um, going to our local Chuck E. Cheese area, the first thing that I would always do is I would run up to the Ninja Turtles arcade game and I would play it. I, I missed the boat on the, the NES because I never actually owned an NES, so I didn't play I didn't play the console version. But when I think of party games or games that I just enjoy playing with friends, this is the very first game mm-hmm. that I think of. And I know a lot of people who think that too. So just that alone shows you the staying power and how important this game is to gaming history because what's more fun than playing as a giant mutant turtle and beating up robotic ninjas? <laughs> I mean, even the cover to this game is just so something exciting about that cover. When you look at it, it's just so popping and eye catching and it just makes you want to play the game. So this is definitely up there uh, as one of my favorite NES games and it's definitely something you should add to the collection and if you're a Ninja Turtles fan this was the game back in the day this was the one you were like you know you had to own this game back in the day because the first Ninja Turtles game really didn't do the Ninja Turtles justice but this game was it was just everything you could ask for at the time oh absolutely and I know Ninja Turtles are relevant now with the Nickelodeon cartoon and the new movies, but to me, nothing will compare to our generation of Ninja Turtles because people don't understand how big the hype was around the Ninja Turtles in the late 80s and early 90s, early 90s especially, because that was when the cartoon really took off and you had the live-action movie. Yeah. But... The turtles are so cool. Like they're they're in my top five fandom. If I were to do like top five things I'm a fan of, Ninja Turtles would be on the list. And it, it, I was actually thinking about this after our conversation the other night when we were talking about Ninja Turtles on the the last episode. You know how many franchises in the world? <clears throat> I mean, it's a lot more prominent now that we still even kids today are that there are things from our childhood that are still relevant today. Uh, Transformers, especially the Ninja Turtles. I mean, there is, they're bigger than they've ever been or just as big. When I was a kid, I didn't like the stuff my dad had when he was a kid. No. Yeah. I mean, there was a few things I liked here and there. Like I was a huge Adams family fan. You know, I liked the Gilligan's Island. But as far as like, you know, childhood things that could stand the test of time, I mean, I think back to like the stuff that <clears throat> my dad had when he was a kid. It was like Howdy Doody and <laughs> you know uh, Roy Rogers and like that. That crap wasn't relevant when I was a kid. Like, it, and it's weird now that you know there are little kids that are still into the Ninja Turtles something that was huge when I was their age. And that was 30 years ago. It's crazy. The staying power that the Ninja Turtles have. And, you know, like some of the franchises from the eighties, like Transformers and He-Man's about to have a resurgence. Like, man, don't these kids have something new? (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. No, Ninja Turtles, it's, I don't really know what it is about them specifically that makes them so relevant even now compared to back then. Because, you know, I can tell you my mindset when I was a kid, it was four talking turtles who could beat the crap out of, you know, the bad guys. Mm -hmm. So, and that's why I loved it. So I guess that still relates now. I, I really don't know. I don't know. I, and I guess that their personalities or something is just kind of timeless. Like it can go from generation to generation and still be relevant. I don't know exactly what it is, but Eastman and Laird, I mean, they just hit a gold mine with this. Oh my God. God. I mean, how many other if franchises could... can you think of have lasted this long besides star Wars? I mean, that's, that's another phenomenon that just, I don't think we'll ever experience again anything like Star Wars. No. And to me, they're they're similar in a way, but to me, they're different. And I don't really compare the two because Star Wars is so different than Ninja Turtles. But one thing I did want to say before I forget is kind of an epilogue to the Turtles in Time conversation that we had. So I had the day off of work today. And there's a local store in here in town called Marty's Collectibles that sells like retro stuff, not just video games, but like comic books, um, action figures, all kinds of stuff. Like I found uh, a Peter Vinkman action figure from the animated Ghostbusters show. <laughs> I still have my uh, Ray. From the and animated I looked series. at it and I'm like that. Is, and, and it's still in the box <clears throat> in perfect oh, wow. condition. It was crazy. So, you know, I'm looking through the Super Nintendo games and I find uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, which is like a Final Fantasy spinoff. But it was a game that I loved growing up. So and it was really cheap and it was in good condition. So I'm like, okay, I'll get this. And as I'm checking out, I look in the glass container and staring me right in the face (laughs) is a copy of Turtles in Time. Do I even in want perfect to ask condition. How much they wanted for it? I talked the guy down a little bit. I will. I won't reveal the price on air. I probably paid more than I should have, <laughs> but it was in such good condition, and I hadn't really uh, splurged on myself lately. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'll get it. <laughs> Well, so, hey, man, I mean, sometimes you might overpay for something, but I mean, what kind of price is there to regain some of your childhood? Exactly. And it's not like I paid, you know, <clears> in the the hundreds or anything. So yeah, um, because it's it was, not like you're paying that money to have it sit on a shelf. I mean, you're actually going to take it home and play it. Yeah. <clears throat> and what is so, that worth to you? Yeah, exactly. So I now own a copy of turtles in time congratulations sir thank you yeah it's the cool thing about this store is that the guy actually will he has every retro system set up on his counter in any game that you want to get he plugs in to make sure that it works oh wow that's awesome and you actually like get to sit there and you can even play through it a little bit if you hmm. want just to make sure nothing's wrong with the cartridge oh that's cool and uh i was actually telling him about our show and he's like, yeah, if you guys uh, have any business cards, just bring them in and, you know, I'll tell people about you guys. Cool. So maybe we can do now some I have advertising to make business cards. 
<laughs> but yeah, but talking about um, the arcade game, this is definitely one game that you want to have in the collection. I mean, ba- I would say to have both of the NES games in your collection, even though the first one does have its its downfalls, it's still worth having, especially the, the Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. I mean, it's easy to pick up and play. There's not much brain work to it. I mean, it's it's a straight up beat em up. It, you know, it's a it was designed as a a coin muncher. You know, it was designed yes. to to eat your coins. So that same kind of mentality was ported over with you know to the Nintendo uh, NES version. Um, it's easy to pick up and play. I mean, the the enemy. It's not so hard that it's frustrating. I mean, it is a pretty easy game. I mean, I made it up to the last level <clears throat> within like an hour and a half or an hour or so. It is kind of a short game. And um, I'm pretty sure that if I played through it again tonight, I could get through the whole thing. Um, but I mean, it's definitely worth the money if you can find it. It's it's a piece of, especially if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, you know, it's a piece of Ninja Turtles history. I mean, this game was absolute humongous when it came out. And I wanted this game so badly. I remember I never owned this game because I rented it so many times and I beat it so many times that I never had to buy it because it, it kind of got old. <laughs> you know, I rented it so many times. And now that I have a copy of it, it's going to be treasured forever. It's easy to pick up and play. It's two player. You can, you know, if you have a significant other or someone that you like to play games with, this is a perfect game to do that. You know, have a have a date night where you and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend, you know, sit and uh, play Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. It's it's such a good, just wholesome, fun game that it should be in anybody's collection. I think you just answered my question for date night. Yeah, <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> I will say this, even if you're not a gamer, if you are just a Ninja Turtles fan, collect it just for having it for that iconic purpose. Because, you know, I know people who will collect, you know, Star Trek memorabilia, Star Wars memorabilia. If you're not a gamer and... If you're not, I don't know why you're listening to this show, <laughs> but this game is worth having just for, you know, the iconic thing that it is. Yeah. It is it, it, when it comes to Ninja Turtles stuff, I think it's right up there with, you know, action figures. Oh, yeah. And I can't believe I found this game for as cheap as I did. I found it at the flea market. As soon as I got to the flea market that day, I mean, it was the first place I looked at. This dude had um, bins full of DVDs. And it was just a, a, you know, just a jumbled mess of DVDs and like, uh, you know, like VHS wires and, you know, audio stuff and just random pish posh of just crap and sitting right on top of this plastic bin of all these like DVDs and wires and everything were three games sitting there. One was the Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game. One was Mega Man 2. And then there was Ghouls and Ghosts. I bought Mega Man 2 
and Ninja Turtles 2 for $5 a piece. And they're in perfect condition. Wow. And I didn't buy the Ghouls and Ghosts because I already own a copy of it. So I walked away a winner that day. That is a steal. Oh, you're not kidding. I mean, they're in pristine condition. Like, they've never even been touched. That's nuts. I mean, that's that's how the flea market thing goes yeah. sometimes. I mean, I, I picked them up and turned to my wife, and she said I was visibly shaking as I was holding these cartridge, these carts. And, like, I turned to the dude. I was like, how much for these? Because I thought he was going to say, like, 30 bucks, you know? He was like, five yeah. each. He said $5 each. I was like, sold. I didn't even try to, like, talk him down. I just gave him the 10 bucks and walked away. No, you, you can't beat that deal. No. No, that's like that. You can't get better than that. I mean, if you no. go right now, I mean, both of these games and the condition that they're in that I have them. I mean, if you were to go to a retro game store or eBay, easily between 40, 50 bucks, maybe more. Yeah. But yeah, if so you find this game, it, it, if you're a Ninja Turtles fan or even just a, a Nintendo fan in general, this is one of the games that needs to be in your collection. So be on the lookout for it. And if you've never played it, when you finally do, you'll understand why we loved it so much back in the day. Absolutely. But uh, I guess we're going to go ahead and call it a night. Um, what do you say? Sounds good to me. Um, anything you want to uh, get out before we uh, we exit the building? Um. I'm not sure what I'm going to review next week, but stay tuned to uh, social media to find out. It will probably be an RPG of some type. Awesome. Well, we have a, a huge list of games to go through, so we're not going to be uh, running out of titles anytime soon. Uh, we'll we'll have content for a pretty good while. <laughs> All right. Well, if, um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can hold on. Let me pull it up here. Uh, you can get a hold of us at NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at NerdCaveRetro, at JFunktastic, and at Derek underscore Diamond. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And like I said, anything you want us to cover, use that Gmail account and send us a link or just an idea of what you want us to talk about. Um, and if you want to send us some games, I'm not going to say no to that either. So let's go ahead and uh, get out of here. Uh, tell them what to do, Derek. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.